0: Mahalo.
1: Welcome everyone out there to our second TalkStory roundtable discussion with the Talk story crew here. Everyone, minus our, our main man <laughs> Jock. For some reason, we always miss him one member. Uh, so just go ahead and introduce yourselves. So let's you
2: start. I am Anthony.
1: <laughs> and what do you
2: do with Talk Story? I'm the audio engineer. Uh, my name is James Anthony McCoy. I'm 24 years old. I am half Spaniard, half Italian, and I have dreadlocks. <laughs> Thanks, Anthony. What are your measurements? I'm 5'6", 134 pounds. I did this morning. I'm going to change. I'll, I'll keep you up to date on that. Good. Yeah. Emilio?
3: Uh, well, Amelia is my name. I do the... Um, the photos. Can we start over, dude? <laughs> no, no, nah,
1: no, dude. I'm like, we are
3: doing this. I'm completely okay. <laughs>
1: this is how we doing. Okay. This, this gives, so people like the free flow.
3: Okay. Well, yeah. I'm Emilio. I do the uh, the art and then the uh, web design for the Talk Story crew.
1: And then uh, Alex is behind working working cameras. Our new team member, Montanique Monroe. She's right here. Hey, Montanique. How you doing? Um, Mathy is our, our guest photographer and videographer as our other talk story member uh, Jacques out in New York City making some amazing art um, doing some theater maybe some TV you know, what he does uh, so he will, we'll intersperse some of uh, Jacques' thoughts throughout this conversation unfortunately he, we had some technical stuff and we were not able to have him join us uh, via video stream but hope everyone out there enjoys our conversation on transformation so uh for those of you who watched our other episodes from transformation we have two amazing podcast episodes uh as well as a talk story experience video where we experience transformation in a new way um i was thinking we start with what are like the new things you you guys learned about thought about after you know listen to those those episodes and like doing and like watching talk story experience like about what do you think transformation is now compared to it was before this month started.
3: Who was the? Go ahead. I remember Mel's episode, but what was the episode before that?
1: China. China. Oh yeah. About about that was like you know on the day of like using dance as a way to transform as well as her own transformation
2: from just uh, from a dancer to also an activist mm-hmm. as well. So. Yeah, I have some thoughts. Um, Listening to China um, share everything she had to share, and uh, listening to Mel uh, with his transformation, um, one thing that really stuck out to me is that transformation takes time, and it's okay to to uh, to take time doing that. It's not an overnight thing. And um, I mean, hearing how many years it took for China from like being in high school, having that one story. uh, uh, One of the quotes that stood out to me is, "Oh, uh, you are pretty for a black girl," something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, From high school to that making that be the catalyst, being the spark to want her to start to become an activist and now seeing her years down the line still uh, working at that and getting really um, popular and and actually getting some traction with that in a really great way. And then seeing Mel uh, now like in uh, his early 40s, I believe, right, like late 30s, uh, making this happen. Um, I I think all of it just reinforces the idea that transformation takes time and it's that being okay with uh, the path that your transformation is currently on. Uh, not being frustrated with the circumstances, not wanting this to happen right now, tomorrow, but still working on it every day and understanding this will be a longer marathon and not a sprint. Um, that's what stood out to me in a, in a more powerful way through these uh, these stories. Yeah. What, what about you guys? Can you say...
3: Well, listening to Mel's story, it gave it that whole experience a lot more of personality because it's something that I've never experienced. I, I, I don't know anything about. And to go from... Like, hearing her stories, like, talking about when she was a kid and then, like, her grandpa said that they should put all these people on an island and nuke the island. And hearing Mel talk about that, like, and being in Mel's situation at that time and, like, hearing your grandpa say that would have been, like, like earth-shattering for me. Like, can you imagine, like, if your grandpa basically said that we should kill you? That's, in, in another, in a, like, in simple terms, that's basically what he said. That was like, that like blew my mind. I was like, I literally
1: like, like gasped. I was mm-hmm. like, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I think that's the big thing about Mel's episode for me as well as it you know, we all cisgendered, yeah. you know, we never really can experience that. I think there is something to be said about the universal experience of, of trying to find oneself and having to deal with, deal with the obstacles to that. But we as you know, we, we are privileged in the sense that to never have to have to go through those types of obstacles, right? And to be to be put in situations where you really are questioning really questioning the root of who you are. Um, to your point about the whole idea of the time it takes for training, I think there is there's something to be said about the idea that sometimes we really want to like change quickly, right? And we get frustrated with ourselves for not, you know, for not growing the way we want to and getting to that place we want to, right? So I look at Look at my look at when I was like a few years ago. i you know, being out of college after a couple of years and be like, I really haven't done like worked on the stuff I wanted to. All right, or I keep getting frustrated because like I know this after, I have to get better at this or get better at that, but then um, still not not actually still stumbling on the way, and that's okay. I think it's really, I think what we get I think especially when you know that this is something you want to work on, a lot of times it's doing it for myself. It's, it's so frustrating when you still are still trying to figure this out still trying to work on on these things that you're trying to grow and become become more you right and it's and I think as you said no it's okay it's okay to take that time um and it's okay to feel frustrated too because that's just part of being human
3: if anything I get more impatient you mm-hmm. know I mean I guess the, I get impatient and that kind of like leads to frustration and just like growing as a person like because you for me, it's always like if I'm not seeing short-sighted, if I'm not seeing goals and like achievements and accomplishments, it's really easy to get sort of bogged down in just the work of like growing or changing. Like right now, I've been focusing a lot on like my budget and like trying to adjust that. But it's a big it's a thing that takes a lot of time. And for me, it's like I've got a plan and there's a plan and I want it to like I want to see the results instantly. And I don't know, I just I get sort of impatient and frustrated in that way.
2: Yeah. yeah I think that's a, like Alex said that's part of being human yeah um, yeah I mean it, it doesn't it's not easy to and I know we all have role models we all have idols that have uh, that are like right now at the epitome of what it means to be successful in that field and I know for myself personally like I, I will look at these idols and think man like I want to be there like now like I want to be in, in that spot right now but it doesn't work that way you have to take your time and develop your own path and so um, yeah that, that was a big takeaway for me from all of this. Um, it was an idea, like that idea that transformation takes time and transformation means um, different things for everybody, um, but your own unique transformation for who you are that takes time and not just reinforced. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. That, that was one point. Were there, uh, were there other points that yeah. stuck out to you guys um, throughout this, well, this
3: I chapter? Was, I was really sort of blown away by the fact that like, Mel was able to recall all these, like, specific details and emotions and, like, Mm -hmm. the way you guys presented that episode with, like, just Mel telling his story was, like, perfect. Because he was a great storyteller, but, like, like, to go from, like, remembering stuff from your childhood and, like, have this constant narrative and be able to tell that and share that, like, that blew me away. Like, I can't remember. I mean, I guess if I think back, like, when I was a kid and, like, learning how to play drums and like where i'm at now like playing drums i might be able to find a narrative there but like i mean i guess playing drums is nowhere near as impactful in my life as like Mm -hmm. going through life thinking that you're somebody else and everybody's telling you that you are that you're somebody else you know
1: yeah yeah i think that i mean it's really interesting that probably
3: could be why that mel was able to remember those details because it was such a like formative thing for him
1: yeah yeah i mean yeah and the interest part you know we're talking even, you know, this is the thing, right? We're talking, we're using he and she, and mm-hmm. we've used he and she interchangeably for Mel. I always like to use, because even Mel doesn't know if he, it really fits, right? Or Mel knows if the word he fits for Mel, right? And that whole idea of the fact that, you know, gender, look at it, g- gender is really something that we, from a, from a young age, you're confronted with, right? Mm-hmm. You were born, they kind of change now, but you, there's, I think most people still, you boy, blue, girl, pink. Mm-hmm. You know, you were, we and then so to be someone who doesn't really feel necessarily part of the gender to, but also maybe not completely apart, because Mel had lived so much time with still within those within the, the the gender norms of being a female doesn't necessarily right now at least in in terms of where Mel's at on Mel's journey to consider to be considered male too. It just shows how something like that we think we don't think about you know because because no, we feel comfortable in mm-hmm. who our gender, gender gender is, how how hard that really is. Like those simple things, right? Um, I really was, I, I mean, for me, what really stood out to me um, about that most particular story was the whole idea of like the bathroom. Something so mundane as using a restroom, taking mm-hmm. your child to the restroom. Mm-hmm. Feeling like, you have to actually like, think about it, do some mental jujitsu about like, can I, can I go into, can I, you know, can I go into ladies restroom with my, with my daughter, or should I go to the males restroom, you know, I have, I have a little scruff but I'm kind of small, I'm not necessarily, it's really hard, like some people may, may think males you know, just a short man or somehow a hairy woman, you know, and this, and this having this, this mental gist to, to try to figure out how to take your daughter to the restroom when they, when your daughter has to go, right, and it's, I think that really stood out to me because it's sometimes the, the things that seem that we take for granted someone else doesn't in some capacity, right? And um and that's the the benefit of hearing someone's story. Mm-hmm. is it allows us to at least get a glimpse as faint as that may be into the life experience of someone else. Yeah. Um yeah. So I think, um, but in regards to particularly transformation, I think transformation, I think we've, we've seen from going also to bringing the experience in with the whole float, um, which is only an hour, right? How even something like that can still have some impact and transformation doesn't have to be so grand. Did you feel transformed after the float? I felt, I, I think, in, in small ways, yeah. right? I think that's the thing. Transformation doesn't have to be... a a huge monumental occasion. I think we think of it in such grand terms in our society, but I think transformation can be just, all right, today, I'm going to, I'm gonna be. You think of it as a process. Uh, I, I think transformation is a process first of all. Yeah. Yeah. and think transformation is a process, but also, and like it's a, and it's about those incremental steps, right? Mm-hmm. So like, all right, I I want to be like, for example, right now I'm trying to get better at at keeping my uh, keep my task list in order, right? So maybe one thing.
3: That's, a, that's an interesting thing to focus on. That's a, it's it's an
1: interesting because I'm just I'm one of these people that I I promise a lot, yeah, and especially at work and be able to really be able to like be honest, and, like I can't do this because I have all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. And part of it is sometimes I promise stuff and I don't add it to my task list or some of that. So for me, it's like. I'm trying to, like be, I used to do this before. It was like, I will go to, before I go to bed, I just write down, like, I go into like my list of stuff, my list of do's, and just pick up the ones I need to do tomorrow and write before I go to sleep. Because science has shown that if you do it, if you write down which do's or doing a list of anything, and before you go to sleep, it goes from your working memory to your, um, your uh, not your work, your, not your subconscious memory, but um, the other, the other spine memory, which is a little more full. Because uh, working memory only have like four slots, and so if you if you try to write stuff in the beginning of the day, still it's taking up those slots, and so you can't. So a lot of times you think about oh, what I have to, do instead of like just going with the flow and like oh, I already know what I have to do. So like doing stuff like that, this little and those are, might seem like the tiniest little thing, but can have the most impact on my build, my transformation as a better and more efficient person at work or something like that. Mm-hmm.
3: That's an I wouldn't think to focus on that for a transformation. I mean, it's just, it's it's an interesting thing to think about, like, because there's always stuff that I have to, like, prioritize and try to get done, but I don't ever really think of, like, because I'm, I'm pretty familiar with what you're talking about with, like, the, the note-taking and, like, sort of putting it in, sort of, like, that instead of those four working spots to be able to think about it and then sort of, like, cultivating and incubating mm-hmm. and it's always present. I was actually just listening to a podcast about that. <laughs> but in regards to the, the float, what did you think, see, in our experience with that?
2: Uh, I wanted to do it and uh, I know I was out of town I wasn't able to do it but um, that's something I would like to I, I get a massage every month I think it's just like a, if I don't do it it makes everything much more difficult Yeah. for that month I'd like to replace a massage with one of those and just and see what that Dude, does for me
1: but don't replace in addition to
3: I mean, there's
2: actually places there's a couple places that are massage like you go regular massage and also do a float I got planned a day that, like that I get a massage and then go float right afterwards I got, a,
3: I got a massage last week and I'm getting I'm floating again next week
2: oh really so it was that impactful for you you want to keep doing it
3: I want to do it for longer too. We really? did it for only an hour. But well,
1: what's the longest session they allow? I don't know, dude. But what? I saw this. I saw this video. This guy did it for eight hours.
2: <laughs> I think theirs is like maybe nine, maybe two hours. I think it's like nine. eight videos. hours. Okay, so I, I watched <laughs> the experience video. Uh, if you guys haven't, you should. Um, in your own words, like how how was it beneficial for you? Like what benefits do you see like that next day or that evening after that? Mm-hmm.
3: Clearing my thoughts from reflection. Yeah. I mean, it was. It was. It, it was in a point of where like there was no new input, and the only thing that existed were, were my thoughts. To
2: a very present, yeah. Moment, very grounding, yeah.
3: Occasionally, I'd like bump into the wall, and then I'd be like, "Oh, I'm in this room," and then like, like salt water would get in my eye, and I'd be like, "Oh, okay." Mm. And then one thing, it, it was a little steamy in there, it because it's like the water is the temperature of your body, so the room feels sort of like the the the. Incubation the chamber, amb- <laughs> the the yeah. ambient air, whatever you want to call it, sort of felt a little like clammy, mm-hmm. more like steam, like stuffy almost. So th- I was aware of that. So they had, she had this spray bottle in there that we would like spray if you got stuff in your eyes or if you just wanted to have like fresh water. And I d- would do that, and it would kind of like kind of uh, negate the the tropical feel of that. Mm. But other than that, it was just like really being present with my thoughts. Mm. It was really really like a great time to, like, be sort of inter- inter- introspective. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting.
2: Yeah. I remember, I remember uh, many, many years ago, uh, you tried to build a sensory deprivation. It's like back in high school. I'm on Emilio since second grade. Yeah. <laughs> I did it, dude. Yeah. I did it.
3: it this was a lot better.
2: <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was my point. Yeah. Because I think you had, like, blankets and stuff you wrapped around you, and, like, you were, like, in your dark bedroom on the floor.
3: Well, I, I was on, yeah, I was in my bed, and I was listening to white noise, and I just had my eyes closed and I like didn't move. So the, the whole thing with that is just staying awake, basically. Because mm-hmm. if you fall asleep, you're just sleeping. <laughs> but I just stayed awake and like there's no new input, so you're just like there, and it was sort of like that. But that brings up a lot of other weird stuff I did in high school. Me and my friend Caesar, we wanted to see what it felt like to be waterboarded, so we like
2: <laughs> waterboarded each other. I remember hearing about yeah,
3: this. Yeah, that was crazy. It's like, so there's no danger. Cause like you put a basically you put something like over your face like a towel and you just like pour water on you, so there's no danger, but the feeling of drowning is like so instant, like it's literally like you feel like as soon as the water touches your face you're like
1: I'm dying, and you just like have to stop. It was crazy. Okay, so not to get too gentle, to on this, why did you want to feel know how it feels like to be waterboarded? Why not? I mean, if you could do it where there's nothing, there's no risk.
2: <laughs> there's no physical risk. <laughs> What's the risk? <laughs> Psychological damage. <laughs> How is it <the> psychological damage? <laughs> a torture. That's, what to the tor- that's the whole yeah. point.
3: It's- but it was in an environment where I knew I was safe, so I knew I wasn't being tortured. Okay, it was okay. It sounds
2: like a walk in the park. If,
3: if, <laughs> it's, it's completely different if you know that you, it's against your will and then there's no escape. It wasn't against my will and I could escape anytime I wanted. So, next talk story experience. Ronnie, water- no, no, no!
2: Hell no! you water- yeah. never try it. <laughs> This isn't like a video Well, game. okay, so...
1: so <laughs> You're so, just not curious about the no, experience? No, because the people who get waterboarded are people that, you know, kind of are like me, and I'm not going to deal with that. No, no. What does that mean? I'm part Middle Eastern, part... Um, so, like, the fact that... And, and it's, like... And generally, people who we do it to are terrorists, which generally are people who are Arab-looking, which is not even entirely true. Yeah. But, yeah. We're, we're not going to
2: go to Guantanamo
1: yeah, and... Ahead, but... bring it back here. Bring it back I mean, wouldn't that be
3: a reason you would try it? Because no. a lot of people from your culture, you're <laughs> saying you're saying have experienced it. Yeah, I mean, you would be can... you'd be more in touch with your culture.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That's, that's not. Uh,
1: that's not. Okay. That's exactly
3: what you just said. You okay, said man, a lot. Man. You said I wouldn't try it because people like me have experienced it before.
1: That's not part, okay, well, okay. I'm. I'm gonna. It's, this <laughs> it's not going down the rabbit hole of torture and terms right now. But we could definitely talk about it that later. That's definitely part of transformation. It is. It is a transformative act. A transform. Transformative. I action. guess I'm the weird yeah. one now. Sorry, man.
2: Um. Uh, one, one go, the, one thing that I yeah. uh, get it back on transformation. Um, what's helped me a lot to really just uh, be okay with the progress I've made. I actually feel a bit accomplished and like in all transformation uh, in, in any aspect. Like for me, it's like um, like working production. Um, and like a, I do a projection mapping and visuals, visuals and stuff like that. I started doing that late last fall. For me, I think it's um, healthy to look back at that time. Like look back six months on something you're working on, whether it's like organization in your day or whatever you do in your spare time, <laughs> whenever you do waterboarding. It's uh, so like look back six months, look back nine months, look back a year and just see like, where was I? And that's always, I like doing that as just like a pick me up uh, and as like a way to... Uh, To kind of refocus myself to think no I am making progress look at how far I've come in this time Um, and so it's I think it's important to reward yourself in that way and celebrate those small victories Um, when you look back on that because it is easy to get frustrated and get and to get uh, in the same rut and the same routine to where like I'm not making any progress on this you don't feel like you are Mm -hmm. but until you zoom out and look at that timeline do you then see the progress you've made so just a thought yeah. What What do you say then, talking about your visual design and like be
1: able to do that? What are like three milestones, looking back over the past year that you would be like? Oh, wow, that in terms of growth milestones in that.
0: Oh, uh, just
3: um, I'm not, I'm not sure what's up. I was gonna say well, you are not doing frat parties anymore, so that's probably a
2: milestone. Well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, and I mean, I, I never minded doing those. It was just a, a different type of work environment, but yeah. um, uh, just not being um, not having anxiety walking into a venue. Cause before, because before, it was such a new thing, it was such a foreign thing to me. I'd walk in and like have anxiety because I felt insecure, like I don't know how to do this, I don't know how to do this. Uh, but now just approaching it with a place of confidence, which I think is much more powerful. Uh, just to come in, if you're cool, if you're cool, uh, like cool and collected, and you come in with a very uh, focused and clear mind, it's much easier to approach situations uh, to where you have to do have your problem-solving and critical thinking. And so it's being really um, like confident and calm, walking into a venue. Uh, that's been probably the biggest one. Because before, I would, because getting that anxiety and getting worried uh, that you're going to uh, do something wrong or someone's going to say something to you or someone's going to question your abilities, uh, that doesn't do anything but just kind of pull you back. You're basically just tying weights to your feet and trying to run a marathon. It's not going to, you're pulling yourself back. just, I, think, I think that's the biggest one that makes taking
3: sense. away that anxiety is like giving you the opportunity to focus on the task at hand yeah and be more yeah. creative like that, that's the same way when we used to perform mm-hmm. like once you get past that anxiety you can sort of like, sort of like okay be really present in this and be like yeah, whatever I'm doing here is what I'm supposed to be doing, and I can really sort of expand on that.
2: Yeah, you know, you're not you're not thinking about oh, what's the audience think? You're not thinking about oh, what if I mess this up or what if I do that? You're just present, and I think that's that's like the biggest lesson, like being that comfortable to where you can be present and make those decisions. Yeah. Uh, back in high school, me and Emilio had a, a band that we were in with some other people that we we played around uh, probably like every weekend almost, every other weekend at least, mm-hmm. uh, in venues in Southeast Texas. Uh, and it was a lot of fun, we stayed busy. Um, but we grew a lot, like Emilio bought, like, I remember jamming with you for the first time when you bought your jump set, like ever. And like- Was and that, that was at Eric's house? I was in the garage at oh, Eric's, okay. it was like hot outside. And like you had just bought your jump set. And like, and I had just started playing with people live for the first time and like another guitarist and then with a drummer. I would not done that very yeah. much before. It was new territory for all of us. It was foreign. But then after what a couple of years of doing that, it just wasn't a big deal. It was very comfortable to be in front of all these people performing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's transformation right there in another way. So.
3: Yeah, we have a history.
2: I did want to uh, like...
3: Cause like now I'm older and like I have my own place and like mm-hmm. I've got roommates and I need to kind of know when they're doing stuff like in my space it kind of bothered me, and it really made me sort of be more aware of like us being at your house almost twenty four seven, playing music and, like and then when we would leave we would leave our instruments we basically took
2: over your parents' house the living room yeah and if
3: somebody did that in my house now
2: I would be so <laughs> upset. I brought that up to my parents, and I say, "Well, why did you let us do that?" Yeah. And my mom's response is always the same. She said, "When you have children, you understand."
3: Cause like I remember one time she was like watching TV upstairs, and we were like playing, not e- not even aware of our volume, we were just like going at it, and she was just like watching TV upstairs, and then like later our doctor was like, "Can you like hear the TV?" And she's like, "Oh yeah, it's fine." And I'm like, "Now that I'm older and have a house, if somebody were doing that in my house." I'd be really like I that would not be okay. <laughs> so especially I mean, if like they left and like they left all their stuff in my
2: living room, I'd be like, dude, mm-hmm. this is going out to the street like right now. <laughs> to come get your stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's good to have a supportive environment. when you are yeah, in the middle of a transformation. They're amazing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, they're very, they're to awesome. your
1: to your point, that's I mean, having a kid is none of us have kids, no, no. No, not yet. Luckily, uh, shock, shock's not here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's a very like. It, what we've been told is a trans, like a very transformative, transformative a- action. Even, even if you have you are raising a kid, it's a little different than having your own kid. Like I look at so one of my uh, one of my buddies from work, who was a guest on our show, Matt. Um, he, Worthington. Matt Worthington. Yes. He's had a kid. He yes. So he had a bit. So he. Congratulations. Was, congr- <laughs> congrats, Matt. Um, but it's really interesting because like he was he been. Um, helping raise his, his uh, niece, so and she's in high school, but he never, but that was only the last few years. But then the, he, talking to him, you know, it's so different though now having, is like having his own kid and, like, especially from a, ba- like from, you know, she, I mean, she's only like a few months old, his daughter. But like the whole idea of like that, like it's very different and like have, and really feeling a sense of like, yeah, you do anything for them, right? That's what said. So that's an
2: interesting topic, like, I think so far the conversation has been focused on like the individual, like how does transformation affect you and, yeah. and you? Um, what if it was, we, we, we switched conversation around to how does transformation affect the outsiders? People mm-hmm. not in the middle of that. And like, to get the topic started, one of my really good friends, uh, he's getting married a- in March. And I, I, he's my, one of my best friends and I, I've known him all, all throughout college and very supportive. We've been through the highest highs and lowest lows together. Um, but he's getting married and this is like a new chapter of his life and it, it was bizarre little I saw him recently and uh, he's changed like as a person he, mm-hmm. he's still he's still my friend he's still my best friend like I see all his qualities there but I was just so used to this this relationship that we had that was very much like yeah we're just hanging out we're having a good time we can go we get a couple beers we can go do this that's changed because his priorities now have shifted not so much to Friendships, I'm still a big part of his life as he is in mine, but his priority now is his fiance. And like they have a house together and they're gonna get married in March. And so, it's just a little bit bizarre it's just kind of i mean i'm very happy for him and i'm so supportive but it was a process of me going through to almost like an acceptance as like a, hey he's not going to be so readily available to go see red hot chili peppers you know and, and houston or something you know he's, he has other priorities now and so it's just interesting to see how transformation not only affects the individual but like everybody else on the on the outside and the bleachers kind of watching this happen
1: mm-hmm. uh, yeah i think you bring up an excellent point in terms of the impact of transformation we are we are a collective people we are communal like the people around us our relationships really impact us as well right and so if someone else is going through a, a, some sort of major life event right that affects us you know, that affects um you know i i want to like i look at my brother right now um so he's he, my brother been hanging out with me for three weeks before going back to senior of college and we watched. We were watching the movie last night, an anime movie. Um, and afterwards, he, you know, he when op- we talked this last year. So one of his child friend, one of his high school, his freshman year high school friend, um, last summer, it last summer, yeah, last summer, a little over last summer, um, died. Very, very, um, out of, kind of really out of the blue. There's I can't remember the exact details, um, but it was kind of accident. Something he might fall, something like that. Um, but the feeling of, you know, that, you know, that, that, that that, you know, that thing happened to his, you know, the past of his friend really impacted, you know, impacts everyone around. And, like, for him, that, 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 tran- that translation, like, affected, like, his desire of how he wants to live his life. Right. And then, and then talking to, and, and, like, listen to him, because I haven't, I've lost, you know, like, not close, close friends or like or my immediate family i've lost you know people more like you know like my grandparents or like people like friends from college that are more like acquaintances and friends like people i hang out with and not people that I, I tell everything right and um so like how like listen to him and listen to that story and listen to how how you know he There's the most i've seen him like cry and sob and etc and um is he still here no, he, he used one I just took him to the airport um, earlier a couple of hours ago.
3: Why do you think he didn't bring it up until now?
1: No, he we talked about last summer. Oh, uh okay. but like the the movie sparked that because the movie's kind of a, it's about someone sat, like, eventually at the end sacrifice like giving. Don't them ruin s- the movie. I'm with, I'm, I'll tell you the name okay. of the movie. What, what, what is it? <laughs> <laughs> but someone sacrificing and and, and helping fill someone helping. Fill someone else's heart, not give anything else away. Is this sausage party? No, it's not. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, but it it was, but that so that that just sparked for him that, that moment that reminded me, you know how like this transformation of my brother has really impacted also like my life and the people around him as well. Like these all, you know, like they, it's a domino effect, right? Mm-hmm. I think that you know that you know someone goes through something, and and you're not gonna mess it impact might not be as large right as like as you're talking about your your friend getting married doesn't doesn't it's not impacting you that much but it still has an impact on you mm-hmm. it still has it still it still helps i think it, it's a positive room for growth um from that's how i look at it uh you know we talk about presence and that was something i taught a yoga class earlier today and that was the the message of the class was around that idea of of being present to others being present to what's around you not just the people but just everything you know mm-hmm. i think a lot of times we are not that we miss out on our opportunities for our own transformation or by not paying attention to what going on around us
3: you're gonna float again
1: am i gonna float again
3: mm-hmm. i'll definitely float again i just bring it up because talking about being present for me it was a really sort of centering mm-hmm. and like present thing do you plan on floating again i, I definitely plan on floating again i think my, I think
1: longer would be great. I sixteen think, hours. Yes, sixteen. Yeah, I'm gonna do twenty four hours. You were the one
3: who like had no music. You were I, you I were no,
1: there. I had no music. Yeah. Uh, I think my first step is to get back into my meditation routine, though, because mm-hmm. I kind of have kind of fallen out of it. I do it, like maybe not every day as i like to do, um, and for me that really helps in in terms of like what you're talking about, a massage and that helping, like a massage every month helping you feel you know, that you can be present, that you can be able to, you know, go through all the steps that you, little steps you need to do to grow, right? Um, and for me, that's something that meditation has always done for me for, I guess, eight years now, mm-hmm. um, a little over eight years, uh, when I when I, I can tell when I'm like, engaging on a day-to-day basis, how how my growth is different. You know, it's, the transformation's happening in a way, but the type, the, I think I'm much more of an intentional in how i transform i think that's something we haven't talked about that you know sometimes there's two ways to look at transformation right you look at transformation that is done to you or transformation that you choose
3: so that actually brings up so i plan on moving i was planning on moving by september and i was gonna like sign out of my lease and like let my roommates stay there or my they would have been my ex-roommates but i called my complex and they're like no you can't do that in the past we've signed people out all the time but since I'm like the primary leaseholder I I can't leave so if I leave everybody has to leave and I plan on leaving in December so the reason I'm doing this is because I I have my girlfriend Megan we want to get a place together we want to sort of you know see what the next step is like and in doing so like instead of like focusing on my own life and like my own transformations and going forward with that I'm affecting all my other roommates by basically kicking them out of this place. So when I told them, they were like, what do you mean? We have to leave there. And cause like, imagine like if you left, both of these people had to leave too. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like a decision that you make, you made that affects them somehow. Mm -hmm. It's just crazy. Like, and like the, one of my roommates was already planning on leaving anyway, so they were okay with it. So, but the other roommate was like sort of devastated. He was like pretty upset. Mostly because it's like really cheap. It's a three-bedroom for like seven fifty. Yeah. Yeah. Just crazy to think about. Like we were talking about how a transformation affects other people, and this is one that I'm directly doing that I know is affecting other
1: people. Mm -hmm. It's it's you you made the intentional choice of to transform. They are being you know, the transformation is being done to them, Mm -hmm. and I think that's that's something about when transformation can be a negative. I think it's when you feel like you don't have control of it. Right, like, I don't like when you when you feel. I I think that's when, when it's it's really hard. Like I, I think we, like we talk about like growing and like our own choices in terms of like, professionally all that stuff. That's a lot is it our intention around it. But you know, look at something that's externally done. You if you feel like I think we love. I mean, at least talking to my myself, control is is comforting, it's secure. And so when you have control, even if it's even if it's something to do with change, it still feels. It it. It it has a sense of still feeling a little at home in it, but when it's when someone does makes a decision, especially a decision that 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 you know they didn't intend to do but still did, I think it, it it's hard to like get on to that transformation.
2: Yeah. yeah. Um. Has Jacques sent us something? Uh, oh, let's
1: yeah. see.
3: So Jacques is uh, in New York, as you might know, working on the art stuff, as uh, Alec mentioned. And he was actually going to send us a video sharing some of his thoughts about what's going on, uh, what he thought of uh, transformations, because he was actually part of the, the sensory deprivation as well.
0: And then uh, we was just going to share his thoughts on the episodes and stuff. Yeah. So here that is. Hello to my talk story fam from New York. As you can see, I'm out here in the beautiful Central Park, enjoying the summer day. It's my birthday. So, hey, uh, but I thought I'd Jack. give a few... Hey! Happy birthday! Thanks! See what I mean? Anyways, I um, thought I'd share a few thoughts on Transformation, this month's chapter. That was a really great month, and the couple podcasts that we recorded this month were just phenomenal, really enlightening on the subject. Uh, I think that uh, Transformation has a lot to do with what I do. I'm an actor. And I'm constantly observing, constantly researching, exploring the notion of transformation of becoming. Um, you know, for me, it exists in character arcs and relationships, and uh, circumstance. And I've studied this stuff inside and out. But I think um, what these podcasts really, really revealed, which is something I knew but hadn't been quite articulated as profoundly as we had this month, uh, is that transformation is really a universal concept for everyone, anywhere, in all laws of nature. And, um, you know, that can be uh, psychological or metaphysical, i.e. in relationships, uh, the altering state of how we relate to different people, or it can be quite literal. you know, it can be the transformation of food into the biological processes of, of separating nutrients from waste. Uh, and with with our first episode this month, I think that I also learned that transformation is a gift uh, that we can give to each other, uh, that we can remind each other uh, that we have and always have the ability to harness constantly uh, and that was really beautiful because I think that we can all afford to bestow transformation to each other and that's what we do as friends, that's what we do as family, but I think we can do that for everyone Uh, encourage people to constantly find that constant because transformation and change is the only real constant in our lives and uh, remind each other of the value of that because this life all of our lives is this really crazy journey of transformation that we all just need to embrace and run with. So that's what I'm learning out here in New York. I was just in LA for two weeks and then hopped back to Austin for a full 12 hours and now I'm out here making a show and I've kind of just got to run with the ingredients and make the best of them. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. So I look forward to the discussion on transformation seeing what you all talk about and uh mahalo yeah so do you guys have
1: any last any lingering thoughts or last or or stories i have an extra thought yeah all right go ahead Mm -hmm. what's your extra thought i'm scared well
3: i I really wanted to dig into like the the waterboarding thing because like we don't have to talk about just torture and like doing that but the idea Mm -hmm. of like just trying new experiences like i didn't want to do the sensory deprivation thing I didn't want to do that. And Jacques and Alec were like, we're going to do it. And so I was like, fine, okay, I'll just be open to this. And it really sort of made me think about the, the waterboarding thing. is mm. because, well, that was something I wanted to do, but in general, most people wouldn't want to do it. But you, I think because there's no sort of risk, and you're, there's there's only the only thing that can happen to this is you grow. That's how I looked at it, with the sensory deprivation thing and the other thing. It's just another experience that's something that that allows you to say i experienced this other people haven't experienced this, so i've got a little bit more growth that was just all i wanted to expand on it's just something that i think if you have the ability to try something new you should try it
2: yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. don't knock it till you try it
3: that's kind of hypocritical of you because you were knocking the
2: waterboarding (laughs) (laughs) all right tune in next (laughs) (laughs) alec any closing thoughts I'm going to ask you. You're going to ask me? Yeah. Um, no, I'm I, um, I just good to reflect and then wrap everything up with this chapter with you guys. Uh, Unfortunately, Jacques is not here, but he'll be here next time, maybe. No,
1: I'm going to, after this, I'm going to talk to him and like work out exactly how we're going to do it so we don't have to like have this technical issues. Oh, so
3: he'll still be in New York for the next one. Yeah.
1: Oh, he will. Still, he's, will.
2: He's back in November in yeah. Austin. Yeah.
1: He'll be back in November. Uh, yeah, so we will be... Um, and so we'll be doing that. But I think for um for me, um in terms of last things and I think really looking at what we've I think looking at talk story, how we've transformed. You know, we started, you know, very much with you know, okay, we're gonna talk to people. We're gonna have conversations with creative people. That was our original idea. Started with an idea. start with the idea. Yeah. Uh, and Amelia asked me some tough questions. I like, I have no idea what we do, doing, uh, you guys jumped on and was like, yeah, well, I'll definitely be down. I'm like, I didn't expect you guys to. I thought I was going to be like, I just really wanted to know what equipment I needed to just like record people. I was going to use like the sphere recorder and that was it, right? Mm-hmm. That was the plan. Um, but because I think this gets to how how transformation is collaborative. Like I think, I think personally, I've definitely grown because of working with you guys and um, because of doing this also as a group, I think we've grown. Um, in terms of our content, like doing this roundtable, right? This is our know, second time doing it, but like in terms of like adding new content, adding new stuff, work, be able to to um, work together in new ways. I mean, hearing for- new stories, being, having new uh, new
3: guests all the time, being able to hear new stories, stuff that I never would have heard before. That, that's one of the cool things. I didn't mean to interrupt yep. you. It's just that's one of the cool things of like being part of this project and seeing how it's grown. Like the first episodes were us. Mm. so and to go from just like our
1: stories to like news stories has been pretty awesome yeah, I yeah. Think the, the opening of stories and that's why we changed our name to given space for stories and heard I think is really at our, our the root of what we do mm-hmm. um, I think the, the most amazing I think the most amazing thing I'm most appreciative is is working with you guys um, and now having a new team on Montanique is I think the opportunities of, of especially my growth as, as a producer because um, I'm not I you know I think understanding how to like balance all that and how to logistically handle all these new pieces and, and help us grow into a way that is sustainable and I I think where we all want to be. Um, I think there's there's so much room to still grow, but there's so much we have done. So I think it's really cool. I think that's going to be. I think this is a great chance. This this month has been a great chance uh, for us to reflect as a as an organization, as a team, as a family.
3: And to say thanks to our fans and listeners out there.
1: Yeah, as always.
3: It's we always have more people growing, which is always blowing me away. It's it? awesome to check the Facebook every day and always have Thank you guys. new people Thanks, guys. following <laughs> us and liking us on that. That's always really awesome. Yeah.
2: And send us messages, talk to us. Yeah. Send so us your thoughts. We'll answer you back. I promise.
3: Monique, do you wanna say anything? Did right. you wanna?
1: No, all right. So
3: uh, she, she said no with her head.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right, everyone out there. Mahalo. Bye.